From the Old City, a practical Torah commentary by Gutman Lodge. Number 16, Korach, standing in front of a mirror. In this week's portion of the Torah, Korach's rebellion is recorded. Korach gathered many leaders to join him, and they confronted Moshe and Aaron, complaining, It is too much for you, for the entire assembly are holy, and Hashem is among them. Why do you exalt yourself over the congregation of Hashem? Although it seems from his words that Korach was championing the people, we know that his real motivation was his anger over not having been appointed high priest. Moshe answered him, saying that Hashem will choose who he wants to be high priest, and then added, it is too much for you. Why did Moshe use Korach's own language in his retort? Later in the portion, Datan and Aviram refused to obey Moshe, saying they would not do what Moshe wanted, even if he would gouge out their eyes, meaning, do you think you can blind us to your failures? What do these words come to teach us today? The Baal Shem Tov explained that whatever we see, whatever we judge in others, is really what is within ourselves. If you are a loving person, you're going to see love in almost everything you look at. If you are a negative person, you're going to judge almost all of the actions of the world around you as negative. Whatever is motivating you, you will assume is motivating others. Moshe responded to Korach, It is you who are taking too much. This was what Korach was really doing. He wanted to be placed above the people as high priest, so he accused Moshe and Aaron of selfishly placing themselves above the people. He, in fact, was the one being selfish and trying to take too much for himself, so this is what he saw in Moshe and Aaron. Datan and Aviram closed their eyes to all of the amazing wonders that Moshe and Aaron had led them through. They were blind to these tremendous successes, so they accused Moshe and Aaron of trying to blind the people to hide their failures. Whenever we judge, we judge from our own experience. We probably would not even see others' errors if we did not harbor those same inadequacies within ourselves. Remember, this human characteristic not only applies to the negative. We also judge favorably according to the favorable characteristics within us. We can learn a valuable lesson from this. Whenever we judge another person unfavorably because we feel that they are doing wrong, we should stop and search within ourselves for that very trait and then remove it. Being aware of this natural characteristic, that is judging others by what we have within ourselves, can be a wonderful tool for growth. We can identify what we need to correct in ourselves by seeing how we judge others. Realize that when we stand in front of another person, we are standing in front of a mirror. Woe to his neighbor! We see from this lesson that we just spoke of that when you judge another person, you're really judging yourself. However, if it is known that the person is truly a sinner who is wantonly doing evil, then listen closely to what Moshe said. Turn away now from near the tents 
of these wicked men, and do not touch anything of theirs unless you perish because of their sins. Why should we die for their sins? What did we do? In this week's portion, we see that not only is it dangerous to be with evil people, but it is dangerous even to be near their dwelling places. We are warned not even to touch any of their possessions. Even their property is deadly. Evil spreads by just being close to it. Woe to the evil person and woe to his neighbor. When we are near people who do evil, soon we come to see that evil to be the norm. Then we too slide down to that standard of behavior. Whatever the common behavior is in our community, be it gossip, extreme immodesty, openly cheating in business, abusing drugs, drunkenness, rudeness, even promiscuity, all of which are openly practiced in many communities today, soon we and our children will accept these practices as the norm. Then we, too, will openly do these things without feeling the least sense of inappropriateness. But why did Moshe want us not even to touch any of their belongings unless we die? Are the things themselves unclean, like a dead body? No, but if we come to touch an evil person's belongings, we may very well see that their physical possessions are really quite nice. We may even come to admire these possessions and quickly want those very things for ourselves. And how does one easily acquire such things? By doing what the previous owner did. Oi to the evil person and oi to his neighbor. Conversely, when we are accustomed to being around holy people, their dwelling places and their belongings, the holiness that surrounds them also spreads to us. Soon we will become accustomed to doing holy things. When the community prays together at regular times, we too will be there. When the community gives charity, surely we will give charity. When they speak lovingly and helpfully to each other, we will learn to speak in loving and helpful terms. Not only do these habits lead us to leave holy lives, they insulate us from the things that spiritually pull down the secular society around us. The mind is an amazing tool. Like a knife, it can cut food or it can kill. There is one dot com.